The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well. It is Rivalry Wednesday here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. My name is Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours right here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Hope you're doing well. A little overcast today. It's a little cooler out today here in Auburn, Alabama, and excited about that. Um, Don't get your hopes up. I think it's supposed to warm up this weekend. Um, But hope you're all doing well on a Wednesday afternoon. It is Wednesday, September 27th. 2023 uh, the month of October is right around the corner college football is in full swing as we approach week five of the college football season crazy to think that we're this far into it already um got a lot to talk about on the show today as we sit inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studios. We're going to start looking ahead to week five of college football, looking at some of the biggest matchups, some of the biggest storylines, an update in the SEC with a quarterback that is out for the year. I definitely want to talk about that today, plus start looking at Auburn versus Georgia. I know we've talked a lot so far through the first couple of days of the week about what happened with Auburn and Texas A&M, but it's time that we start switching gears. It's time that we start looking towards the weekend and how Auburn can respond and how Auburn can bounce back and try to pull off a massive upset this weekend and take down the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. So we're going to start looking at that today. Uh, Plus have a question of the day, talking a little basketball as Auburn basketball is back into season. They started practice yesterday. Uh, Went to, uh, I was in, in the arena yesterday for head coach Bruce Pearl's opening press conference of the season. I got to talk with him personally and, and, and just really get excited for this upcoming season. Tons of talent on this team. I've told you about it throughout the offseason and as we get closer to that I'm really excited for the Auburn basketball season as well so we'll talk a little bit about that today it is rivalry Wednesday which means we're going to talk with Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 the perfect week to talk to him he covers the Georgia Bulldogs for the 24-7 sports side over there in Athens so we'll talk to him coming up at 2:30. get his thoughts so far on this Georgia football team, really have him break it down with their matchup against Auburn this weekend in Jordan-Hare Stadium, get his thoughts on Auburn as well. So excited to talk to him coming up at 2.30. Then coming up in hour number two, we'll have Austin Hannon of Bama Central uh, from the Sports Illustrated side there for Alabama. We'll talk to him 
about Alabama's victory over the weekend against Ole Miss and as they look ahead this weekend to Mississippi State. So that's what's on the schedule for today. Um, Until we talk to our guest and any time outside of that, would love to hear from you on the phone lines. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. What's on your mind on a Wednesday afternoon? What are you thinking? How are you feeling about Auburn and Georgia coming up this weekend? Um, What other games are you looking for? to have you looked at the slate coming up this weekend it's a pretty good one I don't think it's as good as last weekend but it's going to be hard to top that anyway Um, but there are some sneaky good games especially inside the conference inside the SEC so what are you going to be watching this weekend what are some of your biggest storylines going into week five of college football would love to hear from you and before we start taking calls and really get into this thing want to remind you uh, that our studio is sponsored by the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge this weekend's a perfect time to go and check it out Um, the plaza bar and lounge is your tiger pregame destination for all fans on saturdays during the fall the home of the original war burger which you got to go try that out it is wonderful Uh, the plaza bar offers an easy and exciting menu uh, to go along with fantastic drink specials enjoy the kid and dog friendly plaza patio uh, so you can sit inside you can sit outside they got tvs everywhere at this place uh, while keeping up with all the other football action leading up to kickoff in Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's located at 800 Main Street in Midtown, just off of Opelika Road, uh, right there over across the road from Niffers. Uh, So the plaza offers happy hour from 4 to 6 every weekday as well. And uh, again, on Sundays, they offer a brunch that you can go and check out before you leave town. So the Plaza Bar and Lounge is your pregame stop in Auburn, and we appreciate them sponsoring our studio between 2 and 4 p.m. each and every day. Let's get to the phone lines to start off the Wednesday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390. And John, you're on the line. What's up, man? Hey, Jacob. How you doing this afternoon? I'm great, John. It's always great to hear from you, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I have a question on Auburn recruiting for you. Okay. So I see where DeAndre Carter uh, is taking an official to Texas this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering just the state of Auburn's offensive recruits one-third of the way into the season. And I wonder, especially with the two road uh, offensive performances, uh, how wary the coaching staff is about about losing uh, commits, uh, especially with a lack of a downfield passing attack. Yeah, I think that that is a legitimate question. I think it's a legitimate concern, um, especially with some of the big-time receivers that Auburn is going after. We know they've flipped guys like Perry Thompson in the past, but uh, one of the big names here recently is Nye Carr that decommitted um, and right. is really, really interested in Auburn. But, man, to get guys like that and for, for you to continue to get guys like that You have to prove that you can have an offensive game plan, that you can have an offensive juggernaut um, and have quarterbacks that can throw the football to them, that you can run plays that can get receivers open and ultimately get them touches and get them touchdowns. And um, Auburn's got to find a way to do that, not only to score points to win football games, but to have some some flashiness on offense to bring in big-name receivers or big-name quarterbacks or running backs or hey, even big name offensive linemen as well. So um, it's a, it's right. a legitimate concern, John, no doubt. I agree, and 
I have a I have a little Auburn football conspiracy theory going Uh-oh. on right now. Uh oh. I have a feeling that you know, I think this offensive line is capable of being effective offensively. I think Ashford's capable as a, as a rushing threat. Mm-hmm. But besides perimeter blocking, I'm not sure what Auburn receivers would do in that scheme. And so if I'm Hugh Freeze and the, the bell cows of my class are mostly wide receivers, I'm not sure if I would make a move to Robbie Ashford for a semi-permanent status. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it's an interesting take because if yeah, if you're looking at it, are you talking, John? Let me ask you this: Are you talking about the receivers on the roster right now, or are you looking at recruiting down the road? I think it's both in the day of NIL because I think in the day of NIL you have to keep your commits, you know, happy and and pleased in the offense. But I, I do think that the the the, the most excited, and, and you saw Hugh Freeze in the offseason, I mean, he keeps making public statements about getting receivers in here. Mm-hmm. And so I, he believes that to be a very integral part of the offense, and I think that was part of his frustrations with Thorne this past weekend was he constantly in press conferences talked about Thorne lowering his head and, and not looking downfield. I think all of that is a recruiting pitch to receivers. And I feel like it's it's almost a, if you build it, they will come. And he thinks that the rest of the class will come. That's contrary to a lot of other Auburn coaches. Tupperville uh, was a guy who was successful recruiting, would be in the 10 to 20s, but built his classes from the lines out. And this seems like a little bit of a different strategy. Yeah, it is. And that's just, you know, just add that to the complications of being a head football coach nowadays or just a head college coach in general, where you have to think about the future and you have to plan for the future and your future recruits, but you also have to keep your current guys happy and you also have to try and win with what you have. And it's it's difficult for a first year head coach to do that. We know that we've talked to at length about the talent differential, but you have to try and find the balance of, okay, we need to win and win right now but we also have to show a little something so that way we can bring in some of these big name guys to help us be competitive down the road I mean John I'm glad I'm not in that position I'm glad I'm not having to do that because I don't know the best way to do that I'll be completely honest with you that is a lot to have to jumble and handle all at the same time exceed expectations win the game right now but also impress your you know impress recruits enough for them to want to give you a shot it's unbelievably difficult and if i may make one last point of course auburn's auburn's probably not going to be favored in a game until arkansas probably the next game auburn's favored in Ole miss may be a toss-up in vegas but with that in mind you know, if Auburn goes on a four-game losing streak here, hypothetical, I'm just going with with what the prognosticators have. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you have uh, current players who absolutely will be looking at the portal and absolutely will be looking at the at the bright, shiniest thing uh, to come along. There's a lot of internal recruiting that still has to go on in this ball club if things go south. You're absolutely right about that as well. And that's what I was saying, too. Not only do you recruit former player, or not former, but future players, but guys that are on your roster right now. And that's something that every college coach and every college sport in America has to deal with, John. And I hate it, man. I really do. 
Agreed, agreed. Jacob, I enjoy the show. Good job with Lee Scott. Good job with this program, and be well. Appreciate that, John. Thank you very much, man. Always great to hear from you, and we appreciate the kind words and and some really interesting thoughts there um, to start off the show. Looking at the four-game stretch for Auburn, including Texas A&M, the game you just played, the stats are going to show, the betting lines are going to show, everything is going to show that Auburn will more than likely lose in this four-game stretch all of their games. I'm not saying they will, but you've already lost the one, and you have Georgia LSU Ole Miss. There's a good chance that you lose those games. But when you talk about recruiting, and you talk about recruiting the guys on your team right now, and you talk about recruiting guys for the future, even if you lose those games, a weekend like this weekend, the Georgia weekend, where the list is unbelievably long of recruits that are going to be here, it's so important for a weekend like this for the fans to show up, for the atmosphere to be electric, and for Hugh Freeze and this entire recruiting staff at Auburn, they have to put on an absolute show this weekend. Even if the team doesn't get it done on the field, this has to be a successful weekend regardless of the outcome on the field. Now, a big win over the number one team in the country? Yeah, that would absolutely help what recruiting pitch you're you're pitching on Saturday or what you're trying to sell to recruits if you can somehow win that game because then the atmosphere is going to be even better you get the opportunity to go and roll tumors quarter and see the the town just turn into to chaos but despite the result on the field and I know that's hard to look past a lot of times but recruiting is more than just wins and losses believe it or not you have to sell to a player and their family that their future is in the right hands, that they are going to get where they want to go by coming to play football at Auburn University. That's what makes a weekend like this so important. And that's what makes a weekend like Ole Miss coming up in a few weeks at the end of October on 21st, I believe. That's what makes a weekend like that so important as well. Because look at when that game falls. Auburn's going to play Ole Miss here in, in Auburn on October 21st. More than likely coming off a three-game losing streak an opportunity or a chance with all three of those games being kind of ugly with Georgia this weekend and on the road at LSU I hope not and I hope Auburn can fix those things but if you play like you did Saturday it's not going to be pretty your next two games so you're a three-game losing streak you're limping into a game against Ole Miss that's where it's going to be important again if you have a big recruit list that's going to be on campus for the atmosphere to be good, for the recruiting pitch to be good, for the play on the field to be good. And ultimately, that's where you have to win in recruiting. And that's where Hugh Freeze has to say, look, I know we're not where we want to be, but we're going to get there. And you personally, whoever it is, you wide receiver or you offensive lineman or you safety or you quarterback, whoever it may be, you can help us get there. You see what we have and you see what we can become, we need you to be a part of it. And so a weekend like this weekend against Georgia and coming up against Ole Miss and coming up against Mississippi State and then the Iron Bowl at the end of the year, those games are why recruiting is so important. Those are the games that you can make up for 
the lack of production on the football field, with the things around it, the performance you put on at the, at the stadium, with the atmosphere around game day. And I think John brings up some really, really good points for offensively for Auburn. If you want to keep flipping five-star receivers, you've got to make your offense look good. You've got to make an offense that's welcoming to them. And sure, those guys will make the offense better when they get here. But if they don't see any promise or see any potential in a Hugh Freeze or Philip Montgomery-led offense, they're not going to come. They're going to go other places where they can shine, where they can be a superstar. And so that's really important for Auburn as well. But I look at this weekend, and if you go look at the list, uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Hugh Free said on Monday, he said, there's not enough tickets for them to be here. And he's absolutely right. Talking with my, with my people outside of here, talking about this, and they're saying, yeah, he's absolutely right. They don't even know. They don't even understand how many kids are going to be here this weekend for Auburn versus Georgia. And so it is important to put on a good show on the field, but there's so much more to it. And that's where you can win. Even if you don't win on the field, win everywhere else. Win in your sales pitch. Win in your treatment of them. Win in how you show yourself this weekend if you're Auburn. That's how you sell the kids that are currently on the roster to stay here. Right, Because no, Auburn's not where they need to be talent-wise, but Auburn does have good players, and Auburn's got good kids. And you don't want a bunch of people leaving and having to replace them once again. But that's also how you sell the future as well, and you get the big-name five stars. You get them from Georgia, and you get them from Alabama, and you get them to come to Auburn. That's how you do it, is with a weekend like you're going to see on Saturday at Jordan-Hare Stadium. 334-321-1390. Great phone call, John. Always great to hear from you again. Uh, We appreciate, and I really, really appreciate the kind words as well. Um, What a great start to the show here on Rivalry Wednesday. When we come back, we'll have question of the day, talking a little Auburn basketball as the Tigers and Bruce Pearl are underway in the 2023-2024 season. Then coming up, Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 will preview the Auburn-Georgia game from the Georgia perspective. That's what's coming up here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Welcome back into the Wednesday edition of On the Line. We'd love to hear from you on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. And that's where we go once again. And Terry, you're on the line, man. Happy Wednesday. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. What's on your mind? Um, if 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 you're going to go with uh, Peyton Thorne, and he sold you on his accuracy and his decision making being his two of his strongest points, mm-hmm. and what you have in Robbie Ashford, if you're building for the future, why not just start holding Garner? Yeah, there's been a lot of people on that train, and it's been a you know this has been the the, the million dollar question all week, and it will continue to be through through the next few weeks, I think. Um, you know, there's so many different angles of it. Are you if you're preparing for the you know quote unquote preparing for the future of selling to recruits and trying to build your program and build a little morale? Um, yeah, do you go with Robbie, who it seems like gives you a better chance to win right now, or do you stick with Peyton Thorne, who we think or we thought at the beginning of 
of the year gave you a better chance to win or yeah do you just say to heck with it and you go with the young guy and give him the reps and let him truly build for his future or are you waiting on walker white to arrive you very well could be you very well could be that's that's the point that needs to be made i just i just look they're trying to go young and we know that that coach freeze is uh a uh, big thing is recruiting, and he's going to improve the roster. In three years, Auburn's going to be – nobody's going to recognize them. Um, so the offensive line, defensive line, he's, he's going to build Auburn from the from the bottom up. Yeah. He's just going to build a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's but no why doubt. Why not start a young quarterback, and if he has to you know, compete for next year, then so be it. Yeah, and it, it may get to the point in the season, it's Terry, where they make that decision. I'll be honest, I don't think this week is that time just because no, it's you know, it's it's Georgia week. I mean, you're playing the number one team in the country. I would rather it be Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford. At least give somebody the opportunity who has been in actual game time, like legitimate game time where it meant something. Um, and I know Peyton Thorne hasn't performed all that well um and Robbie hasn't performed well in the past but at least play somebody that knows what they're getting into when they're playing somebody like Georgia this weekend the bye week next week is going to be really interesting especially if this Saturday is a disaster offensively once again there will be some serious conversations between Hugh Freeze and the offensive staff on who the new quarterback should be and because Jacob I really believe that the, the, the talk is out there that Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford can't win it for you but they can lose it for you yeah, and that's not what you want out of your quarterback. I mean, you, you would rather have a guy that's not going to win it but not going to lose it, and you'd love to have a guy that's going to go out and just win the game for you. But so far, yeah, I mean, I, I think Peyton Thorne, he's definitely not winning the game for you. And again, Auburn didn't have any turnovers this weekend. He just missed a couple open throws that would have kept Auburn in the football game. Yeah, but Jacob, like I said, but the first thing I call, he sold Auburn on his accuracy and his decision-making. I have seen none of those on the road. So yeah. what he does against Stanford, big deal. Yeah, I mean, not yet. He hadn't done it, and, and that's the thing. He hasn't done it yet, but it's in there, Terry. It's in there. We've seen it. We have seen it against lesser opponents here, and we saw it against Big Ten opponents when he was at Michigan State. So I, I don't think we're seeing it yet, and I don't think it's just gone away. I just think he's trying to get comfortable, and it's pretty much now or never for him and his job. I th- You said it yesterday. The, the leash is short for Peyton Thorne. Very short, very short. Have a good day, man. Appreciate it, Terry. Great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Again, that is the that's the big question for Auburn fans right now is who should start at quarterback? Does Auburn have a starting quarterback? Like legitimately, does Auburn have a real starting quarterback that gives them legitimate chances to win football games? That's what Auburn fans are asking. Four weeks in, that's what they're asking. And if you are Hugh Freeze, Philip Montgomery, the offensive coaches, the offensive players, that's not what you want to be asking going into the Georgia game. That's not what you want your fans to be thinking about going in to the Georgia game. But if you're Auburn offensively, what have you shown them for them to not question that? And there's a reason they're asking those questions. And look, I think it'll be Peyton Thorne this weekend. I think it should be Peyton Thorne this weekend. I said this yesterday. You don't go get a guy like that if you don't expect him to be your guy. And he battled in the quarterback battle. He won the quarterback battle. And so there was a reason you went and got a transfer portal quarterback because you didn't trust the guys who were on the roster. You didn't trust the ones that were in there. And I'm not saying that Robbie hasn't gotten better. But at the time, after the spring, 
You did not trust them. This was not an Alabama situation where you went and got a quarterback to push the other two. This was Auburn saying, Robbie's not ready. Holden's not ready. We have to go get somebody. And you went and got Peyton Thorne, who, yes, was an accurate and decision, a good decision-making quarterback. But we haven't seen that yet. And guess what? If you have another bad day on Saturday, there's a really good chance that it will not be Peyton Thorne who starts on the road at LSU. It'll be Robbie Ashford. And I don't know how I feel about that, to be completely honest with you, because we know what Robbie Ashford is. We've seen what Robbie is. Has he gotten better? I guess there's only one true way to find out because we can't go based off of what Hugh Freeze sees in practice because he said Peyton Thorne had a great week in practice last week and then had a bad game on Saturday. It all comes with reps. But again, how do you give these guys reps in meaningful football games that Auburn has to win, that Auburn needs to win? How do you split those reps up? How do you win games right now? And how do you prepare for the future? How do you avoid your first year as a head coach going horribly wrong because you couldn't have a quarterback win football games? And how do you avoid recruiting struggles down the road because your opening season was a disaster? Like I told John earlier, I'm glad it's not me. I'm glad I talk about it and not actually in the room having to make the decisions because it's not easy right now for Hugh Freeze in that quarterback room. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 joins us when we come back for Rivalry Wednesday. We'll have him break down the Auburn and Georgia game coming up this weekend. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on a Rivalry Wednesday during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins with you on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. And as we start off Rivalry Wednesday every single week, it is Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. And what better week to have Jordan Hill, our Georgia beat writer on the show, than Auburn and Georgia week. Jordan Great to have you on the show once again, man. I know this week is extra special for you with your uh, previous uh, ties here in Auburn and now working over in Athens. Definitely, Jacob. Uh, It'll be a fun trip back to Auburn. And, you know, I always enjoy coming on the show, talking about the different matchups. But, I mean, you know, you you can't get one better than Deep South's oldest rivalry. You get to talk about Georgia and also get to talk about Auburn as well. Well, it is. Uh, it's a big game every year. Um, Georgia on the road, of course, here in Auburn this weekend. Georgia still the number one team in the country. They're four and zero, one and zero in conference play. Auburn three and one, zero and one in conference play. Uh, Georgia opened up as a fourteen and a half point favorite. Um, we look. We talk to you each week about this Georgia team, and that's what we're going to continue to do. Talk about the previous matchup and kind of get an update on where this team is coming into to this game and how much can you take away in just your breakdown from their matchup versus UAB they went 49-21 they were coming off the South Carolina game so not too much of a test for Georgia and they get a big win over the Blazers 
Yeah, 49 and 21 over UAB. I thought on the whole the offense looked really good. They had a few big players that did not play, uh, namely Kendall Milton and Roderick Robinson. A couple of running backs have been banged up. Uh, I think my biggest concern coming out of that game for Georgia was the defense. Uh, you know, I thought that they didn't play very well. Uh, I thought that uh, for the second straight week, right before halftime, Georgia gave up pretty much a two-minute uh, drill touchdown that started with South Carolina. That was uh, the one that put South Carolina up 14-3 to at the half, and then uh, you had it sort of repeat against UAB. Um, it, it's something that's really interesting to see what this defense is going to be. I, I don't think it's quite to the level of the past two years, um, you know, that otherworldly defense in 2021, and then mm. a very, very good defense in 22. Uh, and they've kind of sputtered out of the gates. Now, part of that is, uh, with some of the guys that have been out, uh, namely right now Javon Bullard, the safety that um, was the defensive MVP of both playoff games last year. He has not played uh, in the last two games for Georgia, so that's definitely not helped. But I thought on the whole the offense looked really good. I think Carson Beck, you can see more and more confidence out of him. He's done a very good job of spreading the ball around. Uh, you know, there's only so much sometimes you can take out of a game against a team like UAB. Like I said, some concerns about the defense and what they're going to be able to do. Uh, but on the whole, you, you win a game like that, you put up nearly 50 points. Uh, definitely some good vibes going into this big rivalry game. Yeah, there were people on Saturday um, looking at this game when it was 28-14 at the half and everybody's saying, wow, okay, UAB, they're within two touchdowns of Georgia at the half. We've seen Georgia get off to, uh, I guess, slower starts so far this season, putting up 28 points in the first half isn't slow, but it was considered a ball game at the half and then Georgia, of course, ran away with it in the second half. But how can Georgia get out of their own way in this game on Saturday? and really just moving forward um, and and getting off to a little bit of a quicker start as we've seen in the past where they just kind of run away with football games? I think the biggest thing right now kind of goes back to the defense. You know, they've really struggled at getting a pass rush, and I think part of the problem against UAB was Michael Williams did not play, was dealing with an illness. Uh, They hope they'll be able to get him back for that Auburn game. Uh, but, you know, I don't think this defensive line has uh, played the way they want them to or up to the standard for Georgia. And, uh, you know, I think UAB took advantage. I thought Jared Zeno, who uh, played at UAB before he came to UAB, I mean, uh, played at Baylor before he came to UAB, uh, did a really good job against Georgia. And they were able to uh, draw up some plays and make some plays again, like I said, just before half. The offense, I thought, looked a lot better, especially when it comes to starting fast in that game against UAB. Very first play, uh, Carson Beck hits Dominic Lovett for about a 33-yard gain and, and was kind of rolling from there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, when I look at this team, um, there's going to be questions about this offense. We're going to have to see how Carson Beck handles his first road environment. Um, but I think the offense has the pieces as long as uh, they can run the ball uh, on Saturday with knowing that they, they're not at full strength at the running back position. But to me, it all kind of hinges on the uh, the defense. Can they step up? Can this defensive line play really well and, and uh, make some plays on Auburn's run game, especially if we get to Saturday and Michael Williams cannot play? 
Yeah, you alluded to it a little bit there, but wanted to, as best as you can, uh, update us and our listeners on the status, the health status of this Georgia football team. Uh, it seems like they've been dealing with some guys banged up since the offseason, Jordan, that they've been battling throughout this year and, and some big names as well for Georgia. So what is, what's the status update? I know it's Wednesday, so there are a couple of days before the game itself, but anything you can tell us health-wise for Georgia as they come to Jordan-Hare Stadium? Definitely, and I feel like sometimes going through this injury report, you'd have to fast-forward my voice to like two-and-a-half speed because there are a lot of names, a lot of guys that have been banged up. Well, Auburn understands that completely, believe me. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Lad McConkey has yet to play this year. It sounds like things are trending in the right direction. I wouldn't be surprised if they at least bring him to the game and and see how he warms up. He's been dealing with a back injury. Uh, The two running backs, Kendall Milton's been dealing with an MCL. I think he will be able to play on Saturday. The other, Roderick Robinson, a true freshman, I'm not so sure, and he may not even travel uh, dealing with a high ankle sprain. Uh, Michael Williams, I think they expect him back from that illness. Um, he was participating some uh, on Tuesday, according to Kirby Smart. Uh, so I think Michael will be back, and that will be huge for their pass rush. And really, the, the other one of the main starters of the guys that we expect to be out there when the game starts is Javon Buller dealing with an ankle sprain. I do think he'll be able to go. It sounds like that they've been really uh, patient with working him back, and he did not play against South Carolina, and he did not play against UAB, uh, probably for the best when you look at the long term of this season. Uh, but I, I think on the whole, things are looking optimistic. I do think that several of those guys, even if they don't play, I think they'll be on hand on Saturday, see how they warm up, and, and sort of make a decision from there. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, the Georgia 247 sports site, joining us here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line Rivalry Wednesday here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn, on the other hand, um, their performance on Saturday, their SEC opener on the road at Texas A&M, defensively was impressive. Offensive struggles continued in Power 5 football. I know you you kept up with the game, and I know you have, have since looked back and got everything up to date on this football game. What's your takeaway on this Auburn team and really your um, your breakdown of this Auburn team going into this game on Saturday? It's pretty straightforward, Jacob. They just have to figure out something on offense and specifically at quarterback. Uh, I know I'm, I'm not saying anything new or anything that anyone who has watched Auburn this year hasn't already said. I um, was very underwhelmed with Peyton Thorne. Uh, I thought he uh, just looked off against Texas A&M. Just missed some wide open looks, um, you know, wide open throws that you got to hit with the when you're playing, especially on the road, and when you're playing a team with that kind of uh, caliber of talent. I mean, there was just really no excuse for that. Uh, I think it's a shame Demari Olsen got banged up. I think he's a really, really good running back, a young running back with a bright future. Um, to me, it, it all kind of just hinges on this offense. I think the defense did its job and. Uh, I think maybe at that half, uh, they'd only given up like six points to that A&M team. Uh, but you look at the struggles at quarterback, you look at the offensive line. Hey, shout out to uh, Auburn Undercover's Nathan King. Uh, he had a tweet uh, a few days ago about them being, uh, I believe, the most penalized offensive line, at least in the SEC, if not uh, nationally. So uh, they got to get things figured out uh, at quarterback and, and really in offense in general. But uh, I think they really, really have to have a plan at quarterback if they're going to make this thing competitive on Saturday. You brought up the lack of defensive pressure for Georgia on opposing quarterbacks, and they have five total sacks this season, does the Georgia defense. 
Peyton Thorne and Auburn quarterbacks got sacked seven times in one game against Texas A&M. I mean, that's got to be one of the biggest focal points and could be one of the biggest game changers this coming Saturday between Auburn and Georgia is the Georgia defensive line versus Auburn's offensive line that got really pushed around against Texas A&M. Definitely, and I think looking at it from a Georgia perspective, uh, this if this game does not go well in terms of the defensive front and in terms of bringing pressure, I think you have to really have alarm bells going off if you're Georgia. You know, they, the first half against South Carolina, they did not do a very good job of getting after Spencer Rattler. He had a very, very productive first half. And to their credit, they uh, turned it up in the second half, did a very good job. Um, really took advantage of very, very poor field position for South Carolina. Uh, Michael Williams, who I mentioned earlier, did a really, really outstanding job getting after Spencer Rattler, and it affected how South Carolina played. I mean, they did not look like the same offense in the second half compared to the first half. So, yeah, I mean, I I think that's an area of this game you have to watch closely. Uh, Georgia's got several talented guys on this defensive line. It's not of the caliber of any of these guys going to be a a first-round pick uh, when we we look ahead to April. Um, But they're still super, super talented and have the potential, uh, but you need them to come through, and and they're going to have to do it on Saturday if they're going to keep Auburn uh, in its tracks on offense and uh, able to keep them in their place. He writes for Dogs 247, the Georgia 247 sports site there in Athens. Jordan Hill joining us on the phone lines as he does every Wednesday here on ESPN 1067. Jordan, we've heard all week so far, and we will continue to hear it until kickoff at 2.30 on Saturday over at Jordan-Hare Stadium, that there maybe is some hate or maybe there's not some hate or maybe some love lost or who knows what the situation is. I'll tell you who knows, the fans. There is no... There is no doubt about it that there is some hatred between Auburn and Georgia in this rivalry. And I know you saw and heard the comments from head coach Hugh Freeze, who is maybe still getting acquainted and real still learning about this rivalry. And Jordan, you have an interesting perspective because you used to cover Auburn and now you cover Georgia. There's some hate between these two fan bases in this deep South oldest rivalry. Definitely, and I will say I understand where he was coming from. And to be fair, Kirby Smart sort of echoed his comments on Tuesday night and said, you know, I respect all the coaches over there and talked about, talked about the players and said, you know, I don't hate the players. A lot of them I recruited. Um, right. But I understand, you know, it, it boils down to the fan bases. And, and we talked about this, Jacob, back when there was sort of the thought that the Deep South oldest rivalry may be going away. Um, you look at rivalries like Georgia-Auburn and, you know, you think about instances where, hey, I'm a Georgia fan and my next-door neighbor is an Auburn fan. And, you know, one weekend uh, every year, maybe we don't talk to each other that much or one does a little bit more talking than the other. Or you work in an office building and someone in your cubicle or right across the row is a big Auburn fan and you're a Georgia fan. That's sort of where this rivalry is. And, again, I understand that what he was getting at. You know, he, there's respect between the two sides. Uh, Kirby Smart spoke very, very highly of Hugh and the job he did at Ole Miss and the job he believes he's doing uh, at Auburn now. Uh, but, yeah, I, I get where that sort of uh, you know stuck in some people's crawl with what he said about this rivalry. But make no mistake, there's, there's not going to be a whole lot of uh, a kumbaya and uh, you know hand-holding between Georgia and Auburn fans on Saturday. Uh, and come Saturday night, one side is going to let the other know uh, what that final score was and uh, who's got bragging rights for another year.
Yeah, you better believe it. And you bring up a, a really intriguing point that so many players from from the state of Alabama are recruited by Georgia and go to Georgia. And we know that Auburn feeds out of the state of Georgia and continuing to get players from over there. So, so much crossover between the two rosters of Auburn and Georgia. Those rosters will meet on Saturday, 2.30 at Jordan-Hare Stadium between Auburn and Georgia. Jordan, in your mind, for the Bulldogs to remain the number one team in the country, to remain undefeated and go 2-0 and in the SEC and beat Auburn once again. What has to happen for the Bulldogs to get a win on the road and avoid a massive upset? Well, I think the biggest thing is starting fast because we know how loud it can get Excuse me, in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, but if Georgia's able to generate a big play early, maybe get out to an early lead, uh, we know that sometimes if that uh, kind of quiets a uh, stadium, uh, even the loudest in the nation, it tends to quiet them a little bit. I want to see if Georgia can remain balanced. Again, I talked about those running backs. You know, they're probably not going to be at full strength at the position. Dejan Edwards looked really, really good two weeks ago when they played South Carolina. Can they sort of get that rolling again? And it's kind of simple, but just with the offense again, uh, ball control and and holding on to the football. I I don't think anyone looking at this matchup is going to think that Auburn's got quite as much talent as Georgia, and and that should be no surprise. Hugh Freeze is really just starting to build this thing up and trying to get it to a level where it's there with Georgia, where it's there with Alabama and some of the other national powers. But if Georgia gives the ball away, that's going to give Auburn opportunities. Less possessions for Georgia uh, would be a good thing for Auburn. And we've seen, too, it seems like there's just fewer drives in these games with the new clock rules. So if Georgia were to give one away, that would be a huge win for Auburn. Georgia can't afford to do that uh, if they want to get this thing taken care of and if they want to come out and uh, leave the Plains with another win. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 joins us every Wednesday here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7, part of our Rivalry Wednesday here between 2 and 4 on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Jordan, plug everything you got going on. Plug where they can find all of your great, great content. And um, you're being Auburn this weekend, so excited for you to be back in town. Absolutely. Can't wait. Uh, Dogs247.com on Twitter at Jordan Davis Hill on Twitter at Dogs247. Want to shout out. Uh, Nathan King and the Auburn Undercover Crew. We're going to do a podcast uh, at 11 a.m. Central Time on Thursday. That'll be live on Facebook and Twitter and our YouTube pages. Uh, Just previewing this game, sort of giving perspectives from both uh, teams and and trying to get a feel for what we'll see on Saturday. So definitely a very exciting time, Jacob. And I know I'm one of many people who can't wait for kickoff to get here. That's right. Well, hey, before we let you go, where's your one-stop shop when you got to eat? When you're back in town, it's been a while since you've been back in Auburn. Where are you going to eat on Saturday? What's your go-to place here in in town? You know, it's going to be hard, especially on a game day. I was always a big fan of Hamilton's, but, uh, you know, I may may just kind of make it easy. Go to uh, one of the Whataburgers in town. Yeah, there you go. The one in uh, Tigertown, get a quick burger, but uh, definitely looking forward to being back in Auburn, and uh, I think it's going to be a fun trip. Well, man, safe travels to you. Uh, Looking forward to, again, having you back in town. Should be a fantastic game between Auburn and Georgia this weekend, and we'll have you back on the show next Wednesday to talk about it. Sounds great. All right, that's Jordan Hill of Dogs247, who joins us every Wednesday on the show. He does a fantastic job covering the Georgia Bulldogs for Dogs247. I say this every week. If you are 
subscribe to the Auburn 247 site with Nathan King, Jason Caldwell, Christian Clemente, all those guys. If you are subscribed to that, you get access to Dogs 247 with Jordan Hill as well. So if you're subscribed to that, go check it out. He does a wonderful job covering Georgia. Um, And look, I say it all the time. It's why I bring guys like him and Austin Hannon on the show I know Auburn fans care about what's happening in Athens and what's happening in Tuscaloosa. And guess what? The fans in Athens and Tuscaloosa, they care about what's happening in Auburn as well. And so I think it's really important to have that circle and to keep you as updated as possible on Auburn's biggest rivals. And of course, Auburn taking on Georgia this weekend at Jordan-Hare Stadium. We appreciate Jordan uh, joining us on the show each and every Wednesday. We'll take our final break, come back and wrap up hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. On the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Of of course, as always, big thank you to uh, Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 uh, hopping on the show here in enemy territory this week as Auburn gets set to face off against Georgia this weekend over uh, in Jordan-Hare Stadium. And excited to know that Jordan will be back in town. Um, he has become uh, a great friend, great guest on the show as well. I met him a couple of years ago. I was not really around when he was still covering Auburn. I read a bunch of his work uh, growing up when he was covering Auburn um, and then met him once he went off to uh, to cover Georgia. And so uh, he's doing fantastic work over there. Go check him out. Excited to have him back in town uh, and covering such a big game, Auburn versus Georgia. Go check him out at Dogs247. Um, coming up in hour number two going to continue talking Auburn and Georgia want to talk some other big storylines around college football as we begin looking at week five of the season which is kind of crazy again that we're getting into the fifth week already of college football and it's going to be over before we know it so enjoy it while it's here Um, so we'll start looking at some of those big games big storylines this weekend um, including uh, the news that came out today I want to mention this before we get out of here Texas A&M starting quarterback Connor Wegman um, we know he got hurt in the Auburn game on Saturday, uh, was hurt there, uh, and, and Max Johnson came in that second half. He was hurt there, what, right before the first half was over, um, and Max Johnson came out, started the second half. Um, Wegman got an update today. He is out for the year. Um, he has uh, that uh, a brutal foot injury uh, that's going to take, uh, I think, like three and a half, at least four months to get healthy, and so um, he is out for the year, Texas A&M starting quarterback. We wish him Uh, nothing but the best we wish him a speedy recovery and you always hate to see guys get injured but especially somebody that was playing as well as he was playing and um, I think was playing a lot better than most people thought he would myself included and so we wish him a speedy recovery Um, but I think Max Johnson's going to do just fine. He looked just fine in the second half against Auburn. So we'll see what A&M decides to do and how well they can play with Max Johnson as their quarterback. But Connor Wegman is out for the year. Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up. Like I said, we'll start talking some more Auburn and Georgia. We'll look at the biggest matchups and storylines from college football coming up this weekend. And then Austin Hannon of Bama Central, the Alabama Sports Illustrated site, will join us in hour number two. Talk about that Alabama win over Ole Miss and preview their game versus Mississippi State. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two coming up.
The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Wednesday edition of On the Line Rivalry Wednesday here on ESPN 106.7. My name is Jacob Goins with you here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. If you missed any of our number one or any of my previous shows, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast at ESPNAU.com or just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. We upload that commercial-free right after the show each and every day so if you ever miss a part of the show just go catch up with the podcast you can find it again wherever you get your podcast or at espnau.com and hour number one i uh, got some good calls about auburn really talking some recruiting and what this season is doing for auburn football recruiting so i had some interesting conversations there in hour number one um, also just talked with jordan hill of dogs 247 our georgia beat writer that joins us every wednesday on the show and again what a perfect week to have him on with auburn and georgia coming up on saturday so uh, he gave some really good insight and information on georgia uh, broke down auburn as well and told and told us what needs to happen for georgia to win the football game gave some injury updates on the bulldogs as well so that was in hour number one. We're about to get to the phone lines here to start hour number two before uh, we uh, get to Austin Hannon of Bama Central. He'll join us at about 30 minutes at the bottom of the hour as he will continue on with Rivalry Wednesday. We'll talk to him about the Alabama Crimson Tide and their win over Ole Miss as they get ready for Mississippi State this weekend. But until then, phone lines are open. Would love to hear from you on a Wednesday afternoon. 334-321-1390. And we start hour number two by getting to to the phone lines inspector you're on the line man how are you i'm good jacob how you doing i'm doing good man what's on your mind well before i get to the georgia game um i was reading an article by nathan king on auburn undercover mm-hmm. i think this uh peyton thorn situation is a lot worse than we think it is okay uh, how so i'll just read this one sentence to you out of, out of his out of his uh article it says that on, on one occasion both left tackle Dylan Wade and slot receiver Jay Fair pointed out a free rusher before the play, but no changes were made by Thorne, mm-hmm. and it ended up in a two-yard loss. Yeah, yeah. There was a play. There was a play on Saturday. I don't know if that's the play he's talking about or not. But A and M brought up an edge rusher, and I mean he creeped up for five or six seconds. I called it out watching it on TV, and he came right off the edge unblocked. And yeah, Peyton Thorne took a sack. So maybe that's the play he's talking about. It might be, but I think his his fundamentals. He's not reading defenses. Uh, of course, his passes are are floating on him. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, um, in that game, I I heard no one talk about this, but he made a backward pass to to Hunter, I believe it was. Yeah. And as a quarterback, 
you have to know what a backward pass is. And and he batted the ball and started walking off the field. Of course, a lot of people were thinking maybe it was incomplete too, but, but as a quarterback, when you throw the ball and you know you're throwing it behind the receiver, you got to know that. Yeah, yeah, you got to have that awareness. You have to have that situational awareness. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But anyway, with that being said, I'm on, uh, usually on Wednesdays I forget about the last game and start concentrating on the next one. Yeah, we're trying to do that. <laughs> but listen, um, you know, last year uh, Robbie got his first start, I believe, against Missouri. And he threw for 127 yards and ran for 46. And the next week, of course, that was, he, we won that game, I believe. But next week we played LSU, which we lost. But he threw for 300, over 300 yards and had two TDs. And, of course, that brings up the Georgia game. And we lost the LSU game and we came up to the Georgia game. We lost that game, too. But, you know, you might you might think he made all these yards in the fourth quarter, but but I don't. He threw for 165 yards and, and ran for 52 and had a touchdown in the Georgia mm-hmm. game. So I'm telling you, in my opinion, he's got the ability to play against SEC defenses, and at this point in the game, well, we're the fifth game we're talking about that. I don't think Thorne has got – he's just too gun-shy or he's shell-shocked or whatever the situation is. It's psychological. It's not his ability. Right. I believe he can throw the ball. He's got physical ability to do, to do anything, but I think it's psychological. Yeah, yeah, I think it's in his head too. And I think, again, you just go back to what he did at Michigan State. And, again, the ability's there. You're absolutely right. I think if, if he can just – settle down get comfortable and understand that he's got to get the ball out quick he's got to get make right decisions then everything's going to be okay but we've been talking about reps right that's been a big word used this week is reps 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 maybe that's what Peyton Thorne needs in the SEC and I think Robbie needs it too and and shoot Holden needs it too yeah you know Robbie was a young whippersnapper last year mm-hmm. and hot a little bit but I think he's got most of that behind him but he's got Power five experience, ain't no doubt about it. He played all of last last year. Rest. Yeah. Well, since the Missouri game, he played the rest of the season. Yeah, he's got the most SEC experience out of the quarterbacks. But anyway, um, I think um, I, I don't know if if, if coach is going to give Thorne uh, his his last chance against. I mean, what a what a <laughs> what a chance to get against the number one team in the nation. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's like, well, here, this is your final straw, but hey, it is the number one team. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I'll go whatever the coach goes with. But if I was coaching, I think I would, I think I'd settle, set him down and, and, and put, uh, put the other one in would you do you have any let me ask you this specter do you have any concern with it being georgia with it being the number one team in the country i know robbie played them last year he put up 165 yards but he was also 13 of 38 his completion percentage wasn't good but any concern with it being this level of an opponent to make a quarterback change in your mind yeah i do because last year you know he had an inferior line really inferior line I think his percentage of 
passing percentage would be a lot better because we've got such a better offensive line. I don't know. Their performance against A&M wasn't all that great. I mean, if it's the same thing that A&M if – a, if Georgia could do the same thing A&M did, then I think Robbie would be running for his life yet again like he was last year. Well, you know, I, gosh, dog, it, I don't, I don't want to say we got a, just as bad or worse offensive line as we had last year. Oh, I think it's better. I, yeah, I'm hoping it was just a snowball effect in the A&M game. I hope so, too. But uh, – but I would do that. You know, Robbie's got the experience. He's got the SEC experience, and mm-hmm. I think I would just make a change right here and now and quit playing this rotating in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I'm with you. If he wants to do that, if he wants to do that, put Peyton in there and see what he does for a couple, maybe one series or a couple series, and you can tell right off the bat if he's going to be shocked or not. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. That's what I do. But I, I somebody's waving at me, so I've got to go. Okay. Uh, all right. I, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Appreciate the call, Spectre. Great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Um, what is your takes on, on what Spectre was saying and in and, and my response? I mean, what do you think? I mean, that's again, that is the the million dollar question going into the weekend. Who should be QB one? Is it time to make a change? Is it time? for somebody else to step in there if it is who should it be or should it be Peyton Thorne should he get another chance and only his fifth start again or for Auburn only his second start against an SEC team and like I told Specter Hugh Freeze has talked about this when it comes to Robbie Ashford when it comes to Holden Garner and I think it applies to Peyton Thorne I know he's a fourth year guy but it applies to him as well I think reps are really going to help him. I think some experience playing against SEC-level defenses, which he never had to do when he was at Michigan State. I don't care that he played Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State or whoever. Those teams don't compare to the SEC on the defensive side of the football. They never have and they never will. And so I think reps are a big, big key here. But here's the problem. Those issues arose and appeared against Cal. That can't happen. The offense can't sputter and be non-existent against a bad California team. And so I am a believer in when you name a guy your starter, you let him ride it out until you absolutely can't ride with him any longer. When you truly feel that he is hurting your team or somebody else on the roster gives you the best chance to win the football game. That's when you make a change. I don't think that time is right now. In my opinion, I don't think that time is right now. Now, if Auburn goes out on Saturday against Georgia, and they fail to score an offensive touchdown again, and they fail to throw for over 100 yards again, and Georgia walks in here and the defense plays lights out, but they can't hold on for four quarters and Georgia wins by 21 or more, then yeah, I think it's time to make a change. But I also think, depending on how it looks, there has to be some change in the game plan as well. And that's where you start bringing in the conversation of how involved is Hugh Freeze in the offensive game plan and how involved is he really in the offensive play calling. That's where that part of the conversation comes in to the entire equation. But just looking at the quarterback situation, 
I think you got to stick with Peyton Thorne. It seems pretty consistent across the board, across everybody that I've talked to, whether it be on the show or outside the studio, whatever it may be. Everybody seems to be on the same page of pick a guy and stick with him. No more of this swapping in and out. No more of this, let's just see what works on this drive and we'll put the other quarterback in on this drive and then we're going to throw this quarterback back out there on that drive. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to see that. And frankly, that's not your best chance to win. So no matter who the quarterback is, it seems like everybody, all Auburn fans are in alignment of pick a guy and stick with him until he's not the answer anymore. And so far, that's been Peyton Thorne. But again, if this Saturday is another offensive disaster where Auburn gives up five-plus sacks, where the quarterbacks can't throw for more than 100 yards, and the defense is the only one that scores, then you have to really consider, okay, out of these three guys, Peyton, Robbie, Holden, who gives us the best chance to win? Who can we put out there that we have the most confidence to move the football, score the football, and keep us in games and give us a chance to win in this conference. Because it's not getting any easier. It's not. You're playing in the SEC. You're in the SEC West. And as of right now, I still think it's Peyton Thorne. Inspector hit the nail on the head. He said it's all mental. It's psychological. I agree. With Peyton Thorne right now, it's all in his head. As far as we know, as far as we can see, I don't want to speak for Peyton Thorne, but from what we can see... It seems to be a psychological thing when he steps on the field. And again, I think that comes with a certain comfort level. That will disappear with a certain comfort level, with enough reps. And a little bit of success will bring you some confidence. And confidence is a dangerous thing to have as a quarterback. Because it's the same way with a streaky shooter in basketball or the hottest hitter in baseball. Confidence will carry you farther than just about anything in sports. And if Peyton Thorne could just build a little confidence, I think the sky's the limit for him and this Auburn team. I think they can beat a team like Georgia or they can beat a team like LSU or they can beat a team like Alabama. If the starting quarterback is confident and has the tools around him to be successful. If that can happen, good things will happen. But Peyton Thorne's not going to get any confidence standing on the sidelines watching Robbie Ashford play. And Robbie Ashford's not going to get any confidence watching Peyton Thorne play. And Holden Garner's not going to get any confidence because he has no experience. And again, it goes back to what I was saying in the first hour. How do you split the reps? How do you, fi- how do you figure this out? And this is not game one anymore. You're almost at the midway point. You're in week five. How do you figure that out? If you're Hugh Freeze, if you're Philip Montgomery, what do you do? Going into this game, you personally, my listener, what do you do? What decision do you make? I'm curious. 334-321-1390. 
We'll talk some more about this. We'll talk some more about the biggest games in college football coming up this weekend, some of the big storylines as well, and then maybe dip into a little bit of basketball news before we get to Austin Hannon of Bama Central. I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7 online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. All right, back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on ESPN 106.7. Got a few more minutes before we get to Austin Hannon of Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama. We'll talk to him about the Crimson Tide and and maybe their quarterback situation's fixed. I don't really know. Uh, But they did win against Ole Miss, and credit to them. I mean, they beat them. They won. I don't know how, but Ole Miss dropped the ball yet again. Uh, And Alabama did win the football game, so we'll talk to Austin about that coming up in just a few minutes as we roll on here in rivalry wednesday uh as we flip the page to week five of college football looking ahead at some of the big matchups storylines all that good stuff um of course auburn georgia we know that um there's actually a top 25 matchup on friday night did you know that there's a top 25 matchup this week on friday night out in the Pac-12, once again, because it's still the best conference in college football, number 10 Utah on the road at number 19 Oregon State. How exciting is this game? I mean, that is a really, really interesting matchup. If you haven't been paying attention, Oregon State, sneaky good. They only lost by three on the road to Wazoo, to Washington State. Um, in a game on a Friday night, Utah still not playing with cam rising he's still out uh for utah tune into that game on friday night and according to the betting line oregon state minus three that tells me that cam rising's not playing uh but we'll see what happens uh with that game there on friday night um i know you're all super excited about this usc on the road at colorado have you hopped off the colorado train yet did it take only one game? Did it take an Oregon beatdown for you to be done with that storyline? We'll see if the TV ratings reflect that as well. USC, um, they're, I mean, look, they're good. We, uh, we know that. They're good. Caleb Williams, still good. Um, in the SEC, though, this weekend, some really, really good matchups and some interesting notes going into some of these games. Um, you've got, how about this? You've got number 22, Florida, on the road in Lexington, taking on an undefeated Kentucky team. Somehow, some way, the Florida Gators are a top 25 team. After that embarrassment to Utah in week one, they turn around and beat Tennessee in commanding fashion, really. 13-point win, but it felt like a whole lot more than that. And all of a sudden... Florida, after I bashed them all offseason long, they've got a chance to go 4-1 and one if they somehow win on the road at Kentucky, who, by the way, hasn't looked all that impressive. I know they're 4-0, and and I know they're 1-0 in conference play. Their, their game against Vanderbilt looked good, but it's Vanderbilt. Come on, right? It's Vanderbilt. If Florida can play well and Graham Mertz can continue to do what he's doing which is play reliable football at the quarterback position, 
they've got a chance to win this thing and be four and one playing in the SEC East, which we know is extremely easy. Then they play Vanderbilt next week before they go on the road to South Carolina. They've got Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, Florida State down the road, but they could get off to a much better start than I think most people gave them credit for. Keep your eye out on that one. Florida and Kentucky this weekend here in the SEC. Other games in the conference this weekend that I think you need to keep your eyes on, Texas A&M. I talked about this at the end of the first hour. If you missed this news today, their starting quarterback, Connor Wegman, is out for the year. Uh, We know he got hurt late in the first half against Auburn. Um, He has a a significant foot ankle injury, um, and he is out for the year. Um, Seems to be around a four-month or so recovery from what I was reading earlier today. And unfortunately, he is out. Um, And again, we wish him uh, nothing but the best speedy recovery for a young man that was playing really, really good football. They now take on Max Johnson, who came in and looked good in the second half against Auburn. They take him on the road to Arkansas this weekend. An Arkansas team that played LSU better than, besides Florida State, who beat them. Arkansas played LSU really good this past weekend. I know a lot of people didn't see it because it was the same time as Ohio State, Notre Dame. But Arkansas had chances, plural. Arkansas had chances to win against LSU on Saturday. And now they're 2-2. Two and two staring down the barrel of being two and three if they lose to Texas A&M. I see a dogfight there in Fayetteville on Saturday between A&M and Arkansas. Really, really excited on that one um, where two teams that could use a win, A&M could use a win more for morale with the quarterback situation. Arkansas needs a win in the on the schedule, in the win column, uh, to avoid what would be a really, really bad start there for uh, Arkansas in 2023. Maybe the best game of the weekend in the conference, and I think it is. Normally, it would be Auburn-Georgia, but just talking realistically, best game of the weekend, number 13 LSU in Oxford, Mississippi, taking on number 20 Ole Miss. We know the storylines here. LSU, they've looked really, really good. They beat an Arkansas team that gave them everything they wanted. They've bounced back extremely well after losing an embarrassing game to Florida State on opening weekend. They take on Ole Miss this weekend, at Missouri next weekend, and then they have Auburn coming in the week after that. LSU looks really, really good. Jaden Daniels looks exactly like we thought he would, playing at a very, very high level. One of the best quarterbacks in the conference right now. Ole Miss... How do they respond? They're at home, thank God, for them. If they were going to Baton Rouge, I'd give them about a 0% chance. But they are at home. In a game where they had, again, chances to beat Alabama and couldn't get it done, and crazy enough, it was the offense that let them down, how do they respond against LSU this weekend? Tigers are favored by 2.5 or 3, depending on where you look. But Ole Miss has a chance to really bounce back and be 4-1 and one before they play Arkansas and Auburn. This is a really big stretch for the Rebels in Lane Kiffin. Alabama, which they lost. LSU, Arkansas, and Auburn. Those are their next four games. They're facing a similar stretch as what Auburn's going through right now. That's brutal. That is brutal at Alabama, at Auburn, 
and squeezed in between there as LSU and Arkansas, that's brutal, man. This could make or break Ole Miss's season right now. It really could. Because they still have Texas A&M, they still have Georgia, and they still have Mississippi State. This is a really important stretch for Ole Miss this weekend. Looking forward to LSU and Ole Miss. Alabama's on the road at Mississippi State. Um, curious on how Jalen Milrow is going to play on the road. Um, we haven't seen him really on the road yet. They played at South Florida, but that was the crazy quarterback game where Alabama played everybody at quarterback. First true road game, it's a night game in Stark Vegas. Cowbells will be rolling. You never know. Never know what's going to happen. Lots of great games this weekend in the SEC. And speaking of that Alabama team, we're going to talk about them when we come back with Austin Hannon of Bama Central, who joins us every week on Rivalry Wednesday here on On the Line. He'll join us when we come back. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. All right, we got 30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. It is Rivalry Wednesday. We talked to Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 back in hour number one. We are uh, working to get Austin Hannon on the phones of Bama Central, hoping to get him on here in just a couple of minutes and talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide with their win over Ole Miss last week. And they are uh, getting set to take on Mississippi State this weekend and Jalen Milrow's first road start of the 2023 season. So uh, hoping to get him on the phones in just a couple of minutes. Um, but until then, I um, want to continue talking Auburn and Georgia. And um, we've, you know, we've we've talked a lot about coming out of the Texas AM game, right? How can Auburn, how can Auburn improve, right? How can Auburn get better this weekend? How could you get better this week in practice? And then how could you get better? this coming game against Georgia and had some interesting conversations in that first hour about uh, recruiting and how that's going to be impacted this weekend and really all season long and it was brought up to me about Auburn's offensive performance and how if Auburn doesn't find a way to start impressing a little bit on offense can that negatively affect offensive recruiting and yeah I think it absolutely can and think about it if you're trying to go out and get five-star receivers and five-star running backs and even five-star offensive linemen and quarterbacks and tight ends you have to show that you have an offense that's going to benefit them if they choose to come to Auburn because let's just be real there are other programs in this conference right now and especially across the country, that have electric-looking offenses and have effective offenses and well-flowing offenses. And Auburn doesn't have that 
God, when was the last time Auburn did have that? I mean, it's been a long time since Auburn has had a truly just dominant, effective offense. And so if you go this entire season of 2023, whether it be Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford or whoever at the starting quarterback spot, you've got to find a way to build some rhythm. You have to find a way to show that you're making progress, that you're getting better. And that goes back to what Hugh Freeze said on Monday about Auburn fans' expectations when it comes to winning and winning right now. He said they should expect us to get better and expect progress. And I've heard a lot of you talk to me about that and how you expect progress. And that is absolutely right. And you should expect that. You should expect to see a team get better each and every game because I don't care what program you're watching or rooting for it can be Alabama it can be Kansas it can be New Mexico State you should expect a team to get better each and every week and so that's what's going to be on the plate this week for Auburn especially against Georgia and it's tough to do that it's extremely tough to do that when you're coming off such a bad performance against Texas A&M offensively And now you don't get a UAB to rebound with. You don't get a San Jose State to rebound with. You don't get a UMass to rebound with. You get Georgia. And that's what the SEC is all about. That's why when a team wins the SEC, it means so much and it carries so much weight. And that's why you see a Georgia team beat TCU by 50,000 points in the national championship game. Because the SEC is a grind. And you have to get better each and every week playing the best teams in the entire country. And so can Auburn do that this weekend? We're going to find out. We're absolutely going to find out. And what are those ways? I think there's people that would ask that and have been trying to talk about that this week is how does Auburn get better? Well, it's easy to say, got to score more points. Yes, you're right. Auburn does have to score more points on the offensive side of the football. But how do you do that? Your offensive line has to play better. Your offensive line got bullied on Saturday against Texas A&M. Got pushed around, got bullied, really just got beat for four quarters. And I think that led to some of the timidness and some of the... People have been using the word scared. I don't like to use that for the quarterback play in Peyton Thorne, but it's kind of what it looked like, right? It's kind of what it looked like. And I think a lot of that was from the offensive line giving up a lot of pressure. And no, you don't want to see your quarterback as soon as there's any sort of pressure just crumble and fall to the ground. But when you get hit seven, when you get sacked seven times, it's hard not to expect that. So I think they have to play better. But somebody also brought up, and I forget it was a caller earlier today, and I apologize for for who said it, but I think it was Spectre who brought up the fact that there was a play, and I remember it, A&M brought a guy off the edge. They creeped up a defender off the edge five or six seconds before the ball was snapped. And I verbally, I remember the play. I verbally said at the television, He's going to come off the edge. He's going to blitz. They're going to bring pressure. Here he comes. And Auburn never picked it up. The offensive line didn't pick it up. 
quarterback didn't pick it up. Nobody did. Those things have to change. You, that's how you can get better as a quarterback by watching film, practicing. You can get better at that. You can make those adjustments. And I think you've seen Peyton Thorne do that in his former games at his former school. You can get better in that regard. You can get better in your protection. You can get better in your play calling. You can get better in your game planning if you're Auburn. And Peyton Thorne has to get better in not holding on to the football so long. I think he needs one read, a check down, or go. That's it. You have one main target each play. On a passing play, you have one main target receiver. You have a running back out to your right or left for a check down. And if those things aren't there, you either take off and run or you throw it as far as you can out of bounds. That needs to be it. I think Auburn can get better offensively just by simplifying it a little bit. Running RPOs, I think, is a perfect way for that. Let Peyton Thorne make those decisions because we saw him make those calls against Sanford, which the game's a little bit slower and the opponent's a lot less. I I understand that. But if you remember what Hugh Free said, he said after that game, what, eight or nine of their throws were off of run plays or something like that? I mean, it it was a pretty heavy dose of passing plays that were coming off of run plays. And everybody and their brother knows that Auburn likes to run the football. And Auburn's going to have to do that on Saturday. And Auburn's going to have to do that moving forward. And unfortunately, they have to do that without Damari Alston for the next few weeks. Because he is out for however long. But you still have Jarquez Hunter. You still have Jeremiah Cobb. You still have Brian Batie, who I think those two guys, the last two that I named, are better in space anyway. Use those as your check down guys. Get them the ball and let them go to work. Get Peyton Thorne early completions. Get him early first downs. And build up that confidence. I've talked about it. Confidence is a dangerous, dangerous weapon for a quarterback. Because when he's confident in his offensive line, And when he's confident in his playmakers and his receivers and his running backs, he can throw the ball a lot better, make the right decisions, and ultimately can win you football games. Auburn has to get better in those regards if they want to have a chance to A, win this Saturday, and B, stay alive in the SEC this season. That's how you can get better if you're Peyton Thorne in this offense but let's say just for fun let's say it is Robbie Ashford this Saturday let's say Auburn decides for whatever reason whether they make the change to start the game or whether they give Peyton Thorne a quarter a half whatever it may be just to to play all the possibilities here what if it is Robbie Ashford that gets the majority of the snaps this weekend against Georgia. How can Auburn's offense get better if he is QB1? I think you run the ball. I think you run the ball a lot. I think you run read options with him. I think you, like we saw on Saturday against Texas A&M, where Auburn moved the ball the best when he was in the football game. Give him a running back. Bring somebody in motion. And give him the option to take off as well. And then, when Georgia least expects it, Let him throw the ball. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we will find out if Robbie Ashford has gotten better as a passer. When the time comes on Saturday, if it is Robbie Ashford and he has to make the big throw to an open receiver on the wheel route down the sideline or just a bolt of a dude one-on-one down the middle of the field and Robbie drops back to make that throw, that's where we're going to know if he's gotten better or not. If he makes the throw, then you're in business. Then you'd have something. You can use that moving forward. But Auburn's got to play to their strengths, man. Auburn's got to play to their strengths on offense. Because you can't put your guys in bad situations. You have to set them up to succeed. And Hugh Freeze had a really interesting quote on Monday. And I'm not going to be able to quote it exactly, so don't take this and run. But he said, we have to be better as coaches for our quarterbacks. He talked about all three of them saying how they've got to put them in better positions, help them out, and put them in spots to succeed. They have to be there and help them out. And he's absolutely right. Because think about it. The only quarterback that Hugh Freeze recruited was Peyton Thorne. And he brought him in because he didn't trust the other two. They're not his guys. So they're still learning how to do this. They're still learning what is the best situation for them. And believe me, it's going to be pretty hard to figure that out on the fly when you're playing Texas A&M, who sacked you seven times. It's going to be pretty hard this weekend when you're playing a Georgia team who's number one in the country. Their defensive pressure hasn't been all that. We talked to Jordan Hill about that in the first hour. But I guarantee they are just eager to go after this Auburn offensive line, seeing what Texas A&M just did a week ago. That's how you get better this weekend. Even if Auburn doesn't win, which, again, they're not supposed to. Auburn's not supposed to win this weekend. You can get better in a loss, right? What's the saying? You learn more from failure than you do success. And maybe Auburn has to use that this week. Maybe Auburn has to use that this season. And that may not be what Auburn fans want to see, may not be what they want to hear, But you can't expect to win them all. Not this year. Not with this team. Not with this roster. But what you should expect, as Hugh Freeze has said, as a lot of you have said, as I totally agree with, you should expect progressions. You should expect progress to be made with this roster. Because any coaching staff with any roster at any job in America no matter if they're the guys you recruited or not, your job as a coach is to coach them up and make them better. And while this may not be the team that Hugh Freeze wants, and this may not be the exact roster that he wants three or four or five years from now, this is the team he has. This is the job he has. And to get the team that you want four or five years from now, you've got to coach this team right now and coach them to be better and get better to where you can actually compete and win some football games, to where you can go out on Saturdays and show recruits, hey, this is a place you want to be. Look at what we are now. This is what we can be when you come here. That's what you have to do as a head coach. That's what you have to do as any coach. Make them better. Teach them and find ways to grab an advantage. Auburn's going to have to do that this Saturday against Georgia. It's going to be a tough test. There's a reason you're a two-touchdown underdog at your own house. 
There's a reason for that. The talent differential's there. We've talked about it with Auburn and Texas A&M, and I promise you're going to see it again this Saturday against Georgia. But how do you overcome that? How do you find ways around that? And how do you put yourself in a spot to succeed and be competitive regardless? Those are the questions that have to be answered this week and have to be answered on Saturday if you're Auburn. 334-321-1390. We'd love for you to join the show as we wrap it up here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. What are your thoughts on all of this on today's show, and how are you feeling as we get closer and closer to Auburn versus Georgia this weekend? We'd love to hear from you as we wrap it up. 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 1067. Been a great show today. If you missed any of it or any other of my shows, uh, be sure to go and find the podcast right after the show. We post it, post it commercial-free each and every day. You can find it one of two ways at ESPNAU.com or just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast. We talked to Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, my weekly Georgia beat writer that joins me on the show uh, for Rivalry Wednesday and, of course, a perfect week to have him on as as Auburn takes on Georgia this Saturday. Uh, he'll be in town for the game. And so uh, go check him out at, at dogs247.com if you're subscribed to the Auburn Undercover site, Auburn 247, uh, with Nathan King, Jason Caldwell, uh, Christian Clemente, all those guys. You get access to the Dogs 247 site as well. So be sure you go and check that out. We talked to him in the first hour. Lots of good talk as we begin transitioning out of the Auburn Texas AM game and into the Georgia game this weekend um how big of a weekend it is for recruiting i mean it's just unbelievable the amount of players that are going to be here this weekend the biggest of big names i'm telling you i mean if you're going to be at the game on saturday you're going to see the sidelines pregame are going to be slap full and i was talking with uh christian clemente yesterday and uh, he was just talking about how Saturday is going to be a madhouse for him. Uh, and I'm sure Jason's going to be able to say the same thing, uh, who will join the drive coming up in just a few minutes, on just how insane this weekend will be for recruiting for Albert football. The amount of players that are going to be here, their families that are going to be here, will truly be unbelievable. So we talked a lot about that today, uh, talked a lot about just how Auburn can get better this week, this weekend, in a game where you're not supposed to win, but how can you get better? How can you build a little confidence in this fan base? Not just the team. How about the fan base that really was disappointed after that Texas A&M loss? So lots of conversation about that today as well. Um, And again, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search on the line or you can go to ESPNAU.com and click on the podcast center. That's also where you can find our SEC football challenge. Be sure you're getting your picks in each and every week for that. Um, The contest is still open and uh, the leaderboard is stacked right now. I mean, there are so many uh, different uh, players there and the, the leaderboard is stacked up everybody's within just a few games of each other um, as we get into some really really good matchups in the SEC this weekend uh, weekly prizes every single week and then at the end of the season whoever has the best score by picking the most games correctly 
you're going to win a 55-inch smart flat-screen TV. So be sure that you are going and doing that. Uncle T-Bone and I will do that on Friday. We make our picks live here on the show each and every week. Um, So be sure that you are going and doing that. We thank our wonderful sponsors for that. Johnny Brusco's New York Style Pizza, uh, the Orthopedic Clinic, Tzatziki's, and uh, 2298 Butcher Shop. Uh, So be sure that you are going and doing that. And also want to plug, while we got a minute or two, this weekend on ESPN right here on ESPN 106.7, we were talking about some of those SEC matchups this weekend in college football. Well, we're going to have two of them right here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader with ESPN Radio. We love our our affiliation with ESPN, and we get so many great events. We're going to have two wonderful games Texas A&M and Arkansas, that game kicks off at 11 a.m. Pre-game will be at 10.30. And then Saturday night, we're going to have Alabama and Mississippi State right here on ESPN 106.7. So be sure you're tuning in, whether you do it on the radio, online, on your Alexa, however you do it. Be sure you're tuning in this weekend uh, for two of the biggest SEC games will be right here on ESPN. Uh, We've got baseball coming up this weekend. Postseason baseball is right around the corner. Uh, We are extremely hopeful to get the Braves on here this year. Uh, We had some of their postseason games last year and and really hoping to get some of those again this year as the Braves um, looking like the best team in baseball. And... um, I think we're going to get some of those games this year. So be sure you're staying here on truly the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader ESPN 106.7. Been a great show. Go check out the podcast commercial free right after the show today. ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Tomorrow is a busy, busy show. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge will join me as well. And then Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SCC podcast, will join me as well. Busy, busy show tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. Two to four here on ESPN 106.7. Until then, my name is Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.